0: He's had a goal! Oh, it's an own goal! Came back off the crossbar and hit Paul Richard Rourke before bouncing back in! It was a fabulous hit by Hignett!
1: The Space Shuttle Discovery has docked with the International Space Station as construction work on the project continues. The operation was made more difficult by a technical failure which forced the pilots to dock for the first time without radar.
0: We're going up there!
2: Ah, just another day at the office for Peter Moore, president and COO of Sega of America Dreamcast, the San Francisco-based arm of the Japanese gaming giant that has managed to push the Dreamcast console system into the promised land of two million sell-throughs. As an in industry, video gaming is bigger than Hollywood.
0: Oh, it's on four Yes! From behind, the second string striker, Switch town
1: in front of Wembley. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller. Jonathan Wilson is with me, and of course, with us this week it's Adam Rutherford, geneticist, author of How to Argue with a Racist, among others, um, broadcaster who hosts Inside Science on BBC Radio Four, and a frequent guest on other BBC Science programs. Adam. Welcome to the podcast.
3: Hello, chaps. Nice to be here.
1: Pleasure to have you with us. Um, today, we go back to the uh, year 2000, the playoff final that ended Barnsley 2, Ipswich Town 4. Adam, why have you chosen this game?
3: <laughs> just saying, just when you said that score there, I just had a big grin on my face because I <laughs> haven't thought about it for, well, a, a few years. But it was, I, I know, you know, everyone always says it's, your marriage and the birth of your children <laughs> other than that it was singularly the greatest day of of my life and my dad agrees and my brother agrees and my granny agrees because we were all there together at Wembley um and it was it, you know that was that was it into the premiership for the first time in ooh, what was it seven years mm. um and it was such a dramatic day and and I'm too young to to have re- really remembered Ipswich's glory days in the in '78 and '81, so it was it was yeah it was just magnificent.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those perfect sort of cup finals for you know if you were an Ipswich Town fan in in that sunny day at, at Wembley, loads of goals coming from behind, and and obviously the prize Jonathan for a team going up to the to the Premiership as it was called then is is enormous.
2: Yeah, it is, and you know, you're right. It's you, you, you look at that now, and that is what you remember Wembley Cup Finals as as being. Um, you know, that yeah, you know, the, the the aesthetic of Wembley, the, the the pitch, sort of somehow the fact that it was distant from the stands made it more special at the old Wembley. Mm-hmm. The, the the fact that it was almost like this 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 pitch, this this game is happening on this pitch. It's too sacred for the fans to be too close to it. We, we've got to have a, have a bit of yeah. distance. And and, you know, and and for Ipswich, you know, it, it, it wasn't that this came from nowhere. They'd been hammering on the door for, for several years. And I hadn't I actually realised, George Burley had been there from 1994, so there's been a long process of evolution to get to get to this point.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also, it was, it was, in fact, the last ever game at that old Wembley as well. So there was a real sense of how special it was. And I've got very clear memories of... You know, walking walking down from the from the station, and the Barnsley fans are on the right hand side, and the Ipswich fans are on the on the left. And it was very, you know, Ipswich has always had this reputation for being a, a family club and a friendly club, and, and and it was that. It was it was just it was just joyous from from well from from beating Bolton in the in the, in the semis um, all the way to uh, the end of Wembley. See,
2: I'm intrigued by this. Was was this
3: the first time you'd been to Wembley? It was. Uh, no, that's not true. I'd seen you two there. In, uh... <laughs> first time you've been for a football match, though. For, first time I'd been for, for a football match, yeah.
2: The f- first time I went was for the cup final in 92. The FA Cup final went on and lost to, to Liverpool. And, you know, I, I'd, obviously I'd seen on telly and in those days when you had the huge sort of yeah, six, seven, eight hour build-ups to the cup finals. And your Wembley Way, walking down Wembley Way was, was part of the experience and part of the yeah. day out. And for us in 92, it it meant nothing because it was hammering down with rain and the nobody was sort of mingling there. Everybody was just sort of dashing along. And and I went back to Wembley. And that was a pretty disappointing game from a Sunderland point of view. We just didn't, it wasn't just we lost, we just didn't turn up. And then the following year, I went back uh, for England nil, Norway nil, probably the worst game of football ever played. And (laughs) my my sort of sense of Wembley was of, of something kind of actually pretty underwhelming and pretty disappointing. And mm-hmm. then I went back in ninety eight for the playoff final and it was, although we lost, it was the perfect day. It was yeah, a bright sunny day. It was really hot and humid. Wembley Way was brilliant, it was incredibly mm-hmm. sort of friendly atmosphere between Sunderland and Charlton fans, it was very good humoured. Then a you know a low yeah, you know, four-four draw, lost on penalties. An absolutely sensational game of football that will yeah, everybody will always remember. So I'm I'm very glad I got that perfect Wembley experience. So I'm guessing for you, partly with the result, but partly the fact that weather was so good,
3: was Wembley Way what what you what you hoped it would be? Yes, it absolutely was, and it was. I, I was there with, with, like I said, with my with my dad and my gran and my brother, and so it was a real you know sense of family occasion, and and just just walking down Wembley Way, we bumped into loads of people that we know because Ipswich is pretty small, and um and you know we we lots of basically. Everyone in Ipswich had tried to get tickets for the final, and it it was it was it was gorgeous, um, and it wasn't it wasn't sort of raucous. It was sort of gently wonderful. It was it was it was a very positive experience. I may be saying something completely opposite if we'd lost, <laughs> um, I, you know, utterly forgetful. But but it was, um, and also like you said, been tapping at that door for a long time. Part of the frustration of being an Ipswich fan, especially during that era, is that. Burley was he, he he introduced a really open play of, of football you know sort of European style lots of passing from the midfield we had a Jim Magilton was this sort of midfield general who was you know that's that's quite generous to him um, <laughs> but we, we you know we were an attractive team and I think we really struggled in the um, first division because we were. Coming up against lumpers and, <laughs> and 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 hoofers and and who who would just play you know kick us hard and and um and stomp us down. So you know finally to get onto the onto the big stage and play some attractive football was mm. yeah it was it was it was glorious. Yeah, I mean yeah, that, that midfield
2: three of of Magilton, Matt
3: Holland, and Jermaine Wright. You know, they're they're all really good good passing players, aren't they? Yeah, and I, um, Matt Matt Holland is apart from John Walker, who is my favourite player of all time. Matt Holland is my my you know super captain. Um, he'd be my first pick on uh, any Ipswich team, um, but and he, and you know and a solid guy as well. Just just really upstanding, honourable chap. Um, so it, it was a it was a funny team of of sort of all all mid level, hard working, you know very. Mm-hmm. Positive thinking um, grinders who who really needed to get out of the get out of the, the first division and into the Premiership where they could play their their best possible football against much better teams and that, and that indeed is what happened the following of course, season. Yeah. I mean, and well, Kieran exactly- Dyer
2: had left the previous season, hadn't he? So I mean, was what what was the sense there? Was that was that sort of. Was he just one of those players where you looked at him and thought, right, he'll be off because he's clearly too good for us, or, or you know, what what was the sense with him him going to Newcastle?
3: Well, there was a, That's another thing about being an Ipswich fan. We've always had a really good youth training program, and we've generated um, players from you know from age fourteen and, and up. And people like Dyer and Marcus Ben and um, oh, what was the name of that? Oh, I forget now. But anyway, but there was always a sense that well, when, when people had come through the youth, youth system that they would eventually go and it was only a matter of time. But then a- another thing happened, which was a great surprise to us, which was the introduction of Marcus Stewart into the team a couple of years earlier. So, you know, a, a, um, a, a guy he was, I think he was 27 or 28 when he came to Ipswich and he's a natural striker, um, but really, you know, you, you expect strikers to be more flary and and younger and more athletic than Stuart. And he came and he was the top goal scorer that season and and, and was just epically good. I think he even got an England cap uh, a couple of years later. Is that right? Have I remembered that right?
2: Uh I think yeah, I'm not sure about that. But I mean he he, he and I for or uh, two and a half million from Huddersfield. So I mean I guess that was part of the Diagon had gone for six million, so I guess that was part of the Yeah. Part part of the money. But I mean you'd you'd had that very good front three uh with, with Johnson, David Johnson and Scowcroft and um and Naylor, Richard Naylor. So I mean he he was sort of disrupting something that already worked quite well. So, so if my memory's right, there was certainly a period at the beginning of that season when there was a, a sort of fear that he he wouldn't quite fit and he he'd actually you know he'd broken up something that was quite quite effective.
3: I, I don't recall that, but I mean, you're you're very you're much more likely to be right about that than, than I am. David Johnson was a he was a he was an excellent player, and I really I really liked him a lot. But he was quite injury prone. Um, as Naylor as was in this game. Yeah, we yeah went that's off, right. That's right. Halfway through the first half. Yeah, yeah, I mean. that's right. Um, Naylor was a a, a a decent hard man, um, and I think <laughs> I'm right in saying that Scowcroft didn't play in the final I think he was injured that's
1: right yeah he was injured just before and he was the player of the season for Ipswich that year which was obviously a huge blow um just to just to clarify as you were chatting there I just checked Marcus Stewart didn't actually get an England cap there was there was calls for him to to be given one he may have been called up for a squad I I can't quite remember that but he didn't get an England cap but but yeah it was an interesting season this in the in, in England, second tier, it was. It, I mean, the league was called the First Division as you said back then. A few years later, it became the Championship. It was the first season that the Football League got rid of the traditional one to eleven numbering on players' shirts in favour of squad numbers and players' names. Jonathan, do you do you, uh, do you feel that was a bad move?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, no, I, I, I was an advocate of squad numbers very early. How were you? Uh,
2: was it, so this was the season when Charlton had um, under curvishly. Oh, uh, they and they had a was he called Stuart Barmer was that his name? Who, for, who for wore the number realm. one shirt as, as a midfielder?
1: Well, that's just poor behaviour, isn't it? It's <laughs> mad. Uh, I I mean, you have, like to, that you that have to draw crazy. the line somewhere.
2: <laughs> no, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I, I, I it was sort of a very early realisation that, that players should just have their own shirts. Was uh-huh. just seeing seeing Sunderland players in shirts that were the wrong size for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Just, just you know, give a player two or three shirts for the start of the season, and just trust them to look after them and bring them back. You know, that 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 yeah. seemed an obvious thing to do.
1: Yeah, you don't want to be growing into those. I mean, I always find it interesting. At the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, all the England shirts were extra large, which is why it looks so baggy on Michael Owen. I know shirts were baggier back then, which is probably one of the reasons. But yeah, uh, very strange indeed. Um, but you mentioned Charlton; they were they won the league. Joe Rawls, Manchester City finished second. Ipswich were third, and and Barlow's Liverpool. So, yeah, so Charlton
2: had gone up in ninety eight, come down in ninety nine, then they went straight back up in in two thousand. Like, that curve. That's
1: season. right. Yeah. Well, Man City, um, of course, nearly threw it away. Yeah. Uh, nearly threw away automatic promotion on on the final day because Ipswich was second for for a short time, but then Manchester yep. City turned it around against Blackburn. So were you because you get a little sniff of automatic promotion? Was it? Did it feel like it was? Um, I don't know, not a drag, but a slight disappointment, having had a little taste of the taste of or, or a little sniff of, of automatic promotion that, that you then had to go into the playoffs. Adam,
3: yes, absolutely, and and just just the, the fact that we've been in the playoffs and uh, and hadn't made it past the the semis in the playoffs for the previous four seasons, just there was definitely a clear sense of, oh, you know, here we go again. There's another waste of uh, of Two matches and also you know that sort of ongoing criticism of the playoffs as a system mm-hmm. uh, that, that especially if you failed to get through on the playoffs people really stick to which is this is just a, a way of the of of the league extracting two or three more um, uh, uh, games out of out of teams when actually it would just be fair to put the first three up so that <laughs> yeah. there's that definite sense in Ipswich of of that having failed. Um, oh I mean definitely
2: was, I mean when you when you finish third that I, I think that is always a sense and the fact that you had to play Bolton in the semi-final again as you had the previous year
3: Yeah who who came in sixth presumably because it's always 3 6 or right, four, yeah. five, isn't it yeah, yeah so there there was that and then um uh so definitely a sense that he was Oh here we go again but of course mm. you know in retrospect that it's easy for me to say that now because it, it turned out so gloriously brilliant Mm-hmm. And, and kept the momentum going for for another year after that, even though we got relegated.
1: Yeah, um, I think for, I think for, if you if you're if you're a, if you could, you'd rather win the playoffs than finish second. I think, if you see what I mean. Yeah, you get...
2: I, I think that's probably true. But I don't know. Okay. I, I guess it depends. It depends how you finish second. If you finish second by, yeah, true. Yeah, coming <laughs> from three 0 down on the last day to win four three to. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah.
2: But 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 I, yeah. There's there's definitely. More of a sense of climax going up, going up through the playoffs.
1: Yeah, because when a few seasons ago, when Fulham finished third uh, and then they won the playoffs, you know that was it was fantastic. Um, and you're thinking that they could get second, obviously Cardiff sort of pit them to that. But I think, I think, um, I totally, I, I thought you might say that, Adam, with Ipswich having been in the playoffs for for so you know a number of seasons before that, and also if my memory serves me correctly, Manchester City had a huge celebration on the second to last game of the season as if they'd already been promoted automatically could have been maybe the last game at main road or, or it was certainly the last, maybe the last home game of the season.
2: That's a very silly crazy. thing to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I remember everyone was <laughs> saying, Oh, you've, you've, you've been a bit silly there lads. And I think they had to go away to e, Ewood Park to Blackburn. And, of course, when they went behind, you know, if I was an Ipswich town fan, I, I would be looking at that going, oh, this is glory. This is one of those inevitable things. But, of course, they turned it around. But However, though, Adam, we were treated to a rather uh, a, a massive goal fest in that semifinal between Bolton and Ipswich. Ipswich going away and winning um oh no sorry one five three at home in the first game i mean what were your memories no, the, of same, that? the second leg was
3: the five oh, sorry, again, yeah. oh, sorry sorry two all in the first and, and five three in there the second it, me. yeah it was it was um so i was listening on the radio dad was at the match mm-hmm. and um, this is pre-mobile phone days so well i mean people had mobiles i didn't i had a pager um mm. and uh, <laughs> He was paging me the score, <laughs> which was—it's a very dad thing to do that, because of course I was listening live mm. on the radio at the time. But um, um, it, it, again, it was one of those sort of low expectations because the first round had been a draw. It was low expectations that here we go again. It's going to—we're either going to lose or it'll go to penalties, or you know, just be no. It doesn't go to penalties in the semis, does it? But but it was just going to be tedious, and then all of a sudden, it was—it went nuts. And my only real memory of watching the highlights is, that, um, is people going on the pitch mm. and, and, um, and and just sort of the dawning realisation that actually we were going to Wembley for the first time in, well... When since it, 1978? Since uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, cup final. Mm. That's exactly mm. right. And I was too young for that. I was only three at the time. And I don't really mm. remember the UEFA... Um, Finally either because um, I, I was yeah. eighty-one. So there was all this all this backstory for being an Ipswich fan that I I, I was only I was very aware of because in, in you know if those three stars on on our jerseys are very important to us because Norwich have none. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. They've got one for the Milk Cup in eighty something, right? Eighty-five yeah. when they beat sonland Another <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> another, another Wembley defeat for Sonland.
2: <laughs> I was just saying when we talk about playoffs, is thinking. Oh yeah, I say i you know going going up you know, through the playoffs to get a sense of climax. Well, yeah, you know, I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> all I've experienced is losing the playoffs. I think four times, certainly three times at Wembley, and then we lost to Palace uh, under McCarthy in 04 Would that have been? I think it was. Uh, but I mean that, that sorry that game against Bolton. I think we should talk about that because it, yeah, it, it is. It's such an incredible sequence of events, and partly just the fact that you have George Burley's side playing this. Attractive passing football, the three-five-two. You know the, the, the fact that because you've got the three defenders, because you've got three players in central midfield, you don't have to have sort of a hard man in, in the midfield. I mean, obviously, with um, Tony Mowbray at the back, you certainly did have a hard man there. But the midfield, yeah. you can have three passes. Again, Sam Allardyces-Bolton, who have hard men everywhere, are playing a much more direct style. And you 2-0 know, up within sort of, I don't know, 25 minutes, half an hour of, of a first leg. And then that brilliant dipping volley from Marcus Stewart, which, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, Nick Ames from the Guardian is an Ipswich fan, and he talks about that goal as being the first moment when the teenage him thought, actually, Marcus Stewart might be good for us. But he'd been a he'd been a Stewart sceptic. I think there've been some issues with 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 Stewart sort of not being necessarily the most professional trainer and sort of you know having quite a nice time. And so I think there had been a sort of scepticism among. Some fans, and then he scores that yeah. brilliant volley, and that's the moment when it's actually, yeah, maybe there is something there.
3: Yeah, I don't see. So I don't remember You've got a much clearer memory of it than I do. Um, and I, I've watched. I've only I watched it on the. I've got the VHS copy of the Road to Wembley, um, so that you know obviously dates me. You're you're right about Stewart's and um, the sense that. Well, he had a slight look about him. There were, there were rumours about how much he he drank. Um, there were other rumours lo- locally, which you know it's just the gossip mill, and they're probably almost certainly nonsense. Um, but he, the, I, I have a clear sense that his ability to p- put goals away, um, often at short range, so not not that you know the, the long dipping um, uh, one you're talking about, but. He, he was a high scorer, and I think that that is something that Ipswich have always, always lacked, and particularly in the last couple of seasons. That just having a ruthless, actual, uh, like you know, proper striker who's going to score game after game. I think that 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 was something that Stuart did uh, in a way that we hadn't had for the previous you know many years.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting as well that that. I think he and and Kevin Phillips, who obviously had their heyday roughly at the same time, yeah, you know, they they both had very good first seasons in, in the Premier League. And so uh, you know, this season we're talking about now was the season when Phillips got his 30 goals and won the Golden Boot. Stewart obviously then does brilliantly the following season when Ipswich finished fifth. And that's a type of player that at the top level doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say they're just poachers because they're, they're, both of them are more than that. Both of them kind of... Their movement was good, they were capable of scoring that long range goal, but they they're they're sort of a, they're, they're not players who who would want to lead the press they're not players who could play up front by themselves they needed other players around them and I think it is a type of player you still see it down at league one maybe in the championship as well, but you don't really get them in the Premier League anymore and I think Stuart and Phillips are sort of the 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 last hurrah of that style of um what level would you say? They're obviously not quite international level, but very good domestic level strikers.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Okay, gentlemen. And then, sorry, the second break.
2: leg. We need to talk about the second leg. In the second leg, five okay. three three penalties. Bolton completely losing it. Mike Whitlow being sent off. Probably I mean, arguably about half a dozen players because have been sent off. It's an incredibly violent game. Magilton gets a kicking of his life, scores a hat-trick anyway. Yeah. It's a <laughs> sensationally
3: dramatic game of football yeah when Jilton was well i would say i i i never really rated super jim and he he was <laughs> uh, amongst our uh, where where we sit in the cobold stands there was always a quite quite a lot of just uh you know this this guy is a journeyman he's a he's a bit brutish for this this elegant style of football that burley's trying to play in the in the run up to 2001 and um and then that man <laughs> That match was, that was exactly what we needed in that match. And absolutely, he just charged through everyone. Um, And I think he scored an amazing long-range goal in that game as well. Have I got remember that correctly? Um, He gets a
2: penalty. Then he, then I think his second goal is a is a um, is a brilliant goal. Then he then he misses a penalty. Then he scores a penalty. So yeah, I think his (laughs) second goal in that game is an eventful game. uh, no, sorry, because he, he the third penalty he didn't take. He he uh, uh, he let Jamie Clapham take it. So yeah, he scored one penalty, missed one penalty. So yeah, one of his other two goals was, was you're
3: quite right. Is a, is a brilliant long range effort? Yeah. Jamie Clapham. so he was he was one of my faves. He was a rather cultured uh, player, quite you know quiet but sort of solid workman. He he fitted very much in that Matt Holland um, sort of sensibility. God, these are names I haven't thought about for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and a,
2: a great engine getting up and down from left yeah.
3: wing
1: back. Right, gentlemen, uh, let's have a quick break, and after which we'll talk about the match itself.
0: Port wide is provided by Clapham. It's Clapham's cross, it's Stewart! It's 3-1 in switch. And Suffolk slips the Premiership! What a buy! What a buy by George Burley and Pals! Marcus Stewart just might be the one. Who takes them to the promised land? Craig Hignett started the ball rolling for Barnsley. He's their top scorer this season. Hignett to keep them in it. 3-2. Life in the time. Life in Barnsley.
1: Welcome back to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. So then, gentlemen, we we come to that uh, fateful sunny day at Wembley Stadium. As you mentioned earlier, it was the last domestic competitive fixture to be played at the original Wembley Stadium. And we said that Ipswich hadn't been uh, to Wembley since 1978. I believe it was Barnsley's first ever appearance at Wembley. And and Barnsley, they were the top scorers in the league that season with 88. Uh, Quite crucially, as would be the case uh, in this game, they had a much poorer defensive record, specifically away from home than the three teams above them. But they had they had quite a lot of goals in them. Craig Hignett um, scored a few and Neil Shipley as well, Darren, Darren Barnard. So, uh, Jonathan, going into the final, do, do you remember who you had down as, as favourites or who, who you quite fancied? Was it free scoring Barnsley or was it... Well, I suppose Ipswich had put seven past Bolton in the semi-final so they weren't shy of goals themselves.
2: Well, I, I, think, um, I think my sense of it was this is another fascinating clash of styles. That mm. yeah, you know, we've seen when Ipswich play against Sam Allister's Bolton, there's something about that 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 mix of a cultured passing of of one team with the the aggression and direct football of the other has produced these two incredible games. And of course, Dave Bassett's Barnsley were not that dissimilar to Sam Allister's Bolton. Uh, you're very straightforward 442, to get it forward quickly to you know, to Shippley and to, to Bruce Dyer. Um, you know, very much of that. Yeah, mid nineteen eighties position of maximum opportunity, get it to the back post. You know, a very typical style of football, pretty unsophisticated style of football, but a style of football that that had brought them a lot of goals. I mean, they finished uh, five points behind Ipswich, and I, yeah. I don't think there's much doubt that Ipswich are the better team. But given we knew of Ipswich's record, given we knew that they'd had this this sort of these these three previous years of failure, um you know, there was a sense of you yeah, know how how are they going to react to this. Having said that, I think when you win a semi final in the way they won it, you yeah. always have this. You know, d- destiny in football is a funny thing in that it clearly doesn't exist, and yet if enough people believe it exists, it can exist. If you see what I mean, <laughs> yeah, I it becomes self fulfilling. Yeah, self-fulfilling. <laughs> Be- yeah. yeah. Once, and you see it, well, you know, you see it when you have a, a goalkeeper makes half a dozen brilliant saves in the first half hour, and the other team gets it in their heads. Oh, it is day. We, we just can't, we can't, can't score. Uh, that's though. right. Mm. And, and so, you know, you, you I think you always wonder what, you know, or you always think when a team has won in such dramatic circumstances, two things can happen. Either they're left emotionally drained or they just start to think, yeah, we can do anything. It's our year. And then, of course, six minutes in, I guess if you're an Ipswich fan, you're getting a pretty clear indication it's not going to be your year. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. In fact, it, there was a specific turning point in the game from my from my emotional state, which was uh, well. It came after we were a goal down and David Johnson had been taken off. Um, but yes, yeah, as you, Craig Hignett, he he scored after a, a few minutes. It actually bounced off Richard Wright. It hit the crossbar and then bounced back into the goal off Richard Wright. Richard Wright was a real talisman for Ipswich for for, for many years. He was he was top quality. Um, So we're 1-0 down after, what was it? Six Six, six
2: six minutes. minutes.
0: Six Six minutes.
2: minutes. Yeah. And and a ridiculous Uh, goal. I mean, Hignett's just, Mm. he's he's picked the ball up okay. He hasn't been closed down, but he's 30, 35 yards out. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic shot. Hits the bar. And then (laughs) just bounces down. Hits poor Richard right sort of on the back of the arm and just sort of dribbles over the line.
1: Yeah. yeah, Roberto Di Matteo-esque kind of hit that was around that time. <laughs> it was, That's
3: it was quite quite a, yeah.
1: Very generous. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a great
0: laughs>
1: but it was a good hit, though, Adam. You can't you can't, Yeah, do no, it but was... also, I I find it interesting. Marcus Stewart apparently said, I he probably said this in, with hindsight, that they fancied it to be Barnsley in the final when Barnsley were playing against Birmingham because Ipswich had beaten Barnsley six one and two nil in the league that season, and he thought, "Oh, you know, we 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 can do these. We got the better of them." But then, of course, as you say, after six minutes, a goal like that hits the underside of the bar and goes in. You're thinking, "Oh, bloody hell! This this could be a this could be a long afternoon for us."
3: Yes, and and we we were sitting there and we went a bit quiet. Um, because uh, you know what it's like when they score in the first five or six minutes of a match, and it really takes uh, it takes a lot of the excitement away from the whole experience. <laughs> but 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 the turning the turning point was it it was it was not so much the equaliser, but it was when Richard Wright yeah saved the penalty um, because we, so you know we, it, t- Tony Mowbray you know old journeyman hard man at the back who he he, he headed it in. Mm. Um, from across, I think it was, I've, I've, having slagged him it off, I think it was from Jim jilton,
2: was Jimmy jilton yeah. G- Jimmy It was Jim jilton Yeah, Jim McIlton's corner was cleared. was <laughs> worked back to to him, and he yeah bends in and Mowbray rises at the back post. Classic, classic like, centre half goal.
3: Yeah, yeah, rising salmon. Um, I I, I don't <laughs> know how many goals he'd scored that season or in, indeed ever, but um, he was old too. He was he was like the well, thirty-eight. Mid, I think he's thirty-eight. <laughs> that is
1: incredible, isn't
2: it? But, uh, uh, let me check that. But uh, uh, he was definitely late thirties, I think, rather than mid thirties. So he was, yeah. 30, he was thirty-six. Sorry, he was. Oh, he was yeah. born on
1: the day that Kennedy was shot. <laughs> How about that? That's
3: an amazing stat.
1: <laughs> but Adam yes. uh, Mowbray gets the equaliser, and then, as you say, Barnsley sort of fairly soon after get a penalty. And Richard Wright makes a big save, and he was talismanic for, for Ipswich back then. And that was one of Ipswich's big players producing a, a big moment in the match. And you feel that was when the tide turned for Ipswich.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, so he's the he right when he was to, when he was to, um, defending a penalty. He would he? He'd put his hands up in the air. We, we called him X Man, and he'd stand. There. And he was a big guy. He was tall, so he'd stand there. And he, he also had a slight habit of coming off the line a bit early. <laughs> um, which we didn't mind, and I've, I've got a feeling he did do that in in that in the Wembley match. But yeah, he's he's standing there in this huge X shape, hands up, um, and I've got no recollection of how he saved the penalty, whether it was a you know a glance off his thigh or, or if he dived beautifully to, to pat pad it away. But he he, he dived to his right, I can tell you. Okay, and well, as soon as that had happened, that that was when that was when we we had a sense. Okay, it's game on now. We you know this is. It's the scores are levelled, and now we've just got a massive Philip um, just before the second half. So it's just you know, second half is open for us to to keep that Mm -hmm. momentum going. And you know, Burley was a was a dour manager as well. He he he, (laughs) he was. You know, it had it had that sort of Scottish quietness. He was always very well presented, and and didn't ever get very overexcited about things like that. And I remember, you know, we we could see him from where we, we were sitting on the halfway line, about ten rows back. My gran had been warned by a steward for shouting at the ref. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What did she, well, I won't ask you what she was shouting. That's probably fa-
3: fairly standard um, masturbatory yeah. comments about the <laughs> <referee> style. <laughs> uh,
1: classic, Gran. You yes. Know.
3: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Stuart. Because we were sitting on the we were sitting on the aisle, or I think I was on the aisle, and Gran was next to me, and the, the steward in his you know, fluorescent jacket came up and said and said something which we just thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah but oh, um, mm. but then in, into the second half, and and mm. that. That's that's when the memory becomes clearer. It sort of I mean, we, we've 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 talked about it a lot, and we've watched watched the videos. And but it's it's more it's more clear what what the style of the second half was going to be like.
1: Mm. Well, and then soon after, Naylor scores for Ipswich, of course, and then and then Marcus Stewart. They give him the old one-two, and they and they're looking pretty good. Well, we we yeah. talked about good.
2: Ipswich's passing style, but actually, both these goals are, are long balls. So uh, yeah. yeah, fifty-two minutes. Long ball from the back. Marcus Stewart flicks it on. Chris Morgan, of all people, misjudges it. And Naylor gets in. And it's obviously quite quite night. He obviously sees uh, sees the keeper, sees Kevin Miller going down a bit early. Just kind of clips it over him. Then six minutes later, a Mark Venus long ball. Uh, Naylor's touch to take it down is, is sensational. It mm. sort of takes yes. it. Yes. On the outside yes. of his foot, just kills it instantly. Uh, and it sort of holds up weight. Then Clapham on the overlap. I mean, we, we talked about how well he got up and down. And you know his cross and Stewart coming in makes it makes it three one with a I mean really sort of precise glancing header
3: in it at the far post.
0: Yeah, yeah, a great
1: punch header. And, uh,
3: another thing that happened as well, which was just you know minor addition to the drama, is that Naylor got booked for he he ripped his top off and headed for the <laughs> left post after he scored, and uh, you know he was a ginger, pasty pasty white man but shredded <laughs> for the day. Um, you know, compared to other players on the team, like uh, well, maybe Tony Mowbray, but yeah, yeah, he ran around twirling his top and immediately he got books, and and that's just I mean, that's just annoying, isn't it? It's annoying when, you <laughs> get for that. but for it to happen at Wembley was uh, was mm. just just a, a, another tiny bit of drama. Yeah, so that, now it's 3-1.
2: But I mean, this yeah, was and, the age and, of, the, of the great playoff final, wasn't it? Yeah, there'd, there'd been yeah. Sunderland, Charlton, but they would yeah, you know, it's been the when Swindon went up and one four three was against against Leicester, wasn't it? There was a series of these brilliant finals mm-hmm. in, in a row, and you know there will always be drama. And sure enough, twelve minutes from time, um, Thomas uh, cuts inside Mowbray. Mowbray's a little bit clumsy, brings him down, yeah. and uh, it's a penalty. This time Hignett takes it, scores, and suddenly yeah. it's three two with 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 twelve minutes to go
3: making me nervous that, talking that a, about it <laughs> when i say that, that, that was jeff
2: thomas i have to say i'd totally forgotten he'd gone to Barnsley from crystal palace
1: oh they all went well but uh, bruce dyer and neil shipperley um i don't know oh, if yeah. they were
2: big big palace contingent That's well true, because yeah.
1: dave dave bassett was at, at palace wasn't he Uh for a time
2: and yeah, then steve copple
1: took over from him and got palace promoted because dave bassett was a bit of a promotion specialist i uh, think of his time at at Wimbledon and 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 so on but he, he didn't get it today but yes so so going back to it when when Hignett scores the penalty adam you must have been you must have been crapping yourself quite right. <laughs> you
3: yes use, i think that as, is a, your
1: grand language
3: that was a, yeah. a fair assessment of of us. you know we go a bit quiet again we're still a goal up but it is that's exactly the point where you think you know it's mm. like it's like having someone sent off and that, that's the point where you start worrying yeah um uh, but um it was quick though from, from memory there. I, there were a lot of changes at that time, I seem to recall there was so you know, they were both both managers trying to slow things down um and open up the game. Didn't Barnsley had a international playing for them who I can't remember who it was, but
2: Eric, Eric Tinkler, the South African midfielder, who actually went off for Jeff Thomas on the hour.
1: Oh no, you're thinking of uh, no, uh, Gu- oh, uh Georgie
2: Christoph, Christoph, a Macedonian. Christoph came, on, that's right. it. Christoph that's came it. on to Bruce Dyer, yeah, that's true
3: yeah and I remember mm-hmm. that being a, a sort of oh ah you know bringing on a super sub at the end um but but again, I guess well we we did the same, didn't we though so you know well,
2: well, Martin Martin well that last seven minutes of switch my two substitutions at um yeah. so first of all Martin Reiser, Martin Reiser comes on for Marcus Stewart, yeah. and then uh, Fabian wilness comes on for for Jermaine Wright mm. and then I guess you have that moment, and yeah you know, they are the best moments in football. When it's the final final seconds, and suddenly your substitute, who's fresh, is yeah. cleaned through. He's in the half entirely by himself with the goalkeeper, <laughs> and you know this is it. That all he's got to do is pretty much kick the thing straight, yeah. And suddenly a one goal lead is a two goal lead, and you've won the game, and yeah. you had
3: that 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 glorious moment. Yeah. yeah it was, so Royce was a he he was a you know flair player and. I don't know whether he was unpopular because he didn't. He he, there was there was a sense that he didn't quite fit into the team mentality. He'd been brought in late. He was relatively recent. He had sort of slightly foppish, floppy hair. He was quality. You know, he was he was a a good player, a good striker, and but never a fan favourite, at least from our our domain. But then that happened, and and it it was so I'm mixing up. My own memories with watch, re-watching it several times because there was there, there was in the commentary, which obviously I couldn't have been listening to because I was at the match. <laughs> but in the mm-hmm. in the commentary, there is a uh, a line which is I, I for me as an Ipswich fan, the greatest piece of commentary in the history of football, because it it, it just goes uh, when Royce picks it up at about the halfway line. I think he, he diddles it around one, one of the defenders and then, as you say, he say, he was clear and then just twats it. And the commentary goes, Roycer, <laughs> Premiership. And, that's, and that was it. And that, that, that was how we felt. So my, <laughs> that my brother, very
2: Peter Drury. I bet that was Peter Drury. I think it yeah. was, actually. Yeah, yeah, yes,
3: yeah. I think it was. So my, my brother and I are big Star Wars fans. And um, he said that, I don't know whether your the, the listeners or you guys remember the bit in Return of the Jedi, when mm. they finally land, they, they, they've They've beaten the Death Star and uh, the, the huge spaceship crashes into the planet. And... Spoilers, Adam. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The, the Rebels win. <laughs> Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Oh, um, no. And, and, um, well, anyway, there's this bit where Admiral Akbar, the leader of mm. the Rebel Alliance, and they've just basically won. And he's he's standing, and he he sort of slumps down in his chair.
1: I, I know the scene you mean.
3: Do you know what I mean? Right? My <laughs> yeah, brother said that's what I did. That, that you know, we're all on our feet. <laughs> Royce scores, and instead of leaping around like a maniac and hugging everyone, yeah. he says that I sat down and leant back in my chair, you know, just looking. Job looking done. Ponderous and and you know. Yeah. That's it. And in fact, afterwards, it was, it, was it was like sort of when you, you know, the, the excitement of finishing your exams at school or at university where you want, want to go out and get absolutely tanked and party. But I, actually, you're just so emotionally drained by the whole experience. <laughs> so I think we had about two pints and then, you know, parent, dad dad, and Graham went home and, and I had a quiet night in sort of just grinning.
1: <laughs> Glorious. Yeah. And of course, which would go on to finish fifth. In the Premiership, the, the following season qualifying for Europe, and George Burley would win Manager of the Season award. I bet you didn't <laughs> think it could get that good, to, you know, in the first season up.
3: No, absolutely not. And It was. Um, I, 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 we did, there was a lot of discussion about this at the time. I, now, from from memory, I so we went to the first home game of the season, which I think was against Man United, and I think we drew it. Um, so you can check, um, mm. but that that was a point where we started to think hold on a minute you know this is uh, i i don't think any of the big premiership sides were expecting this you know little provincial team um to play any sort of football that would uh, that would be challenging in the premiership but i think that's that's how we that's how that's how we managed it mm-hmm. um by by playing you know open passing
2: well yeah, i th- i think there is a sense i think it's still maybe not quite to the same extent, but I think it's still slightly true today that if you play good passing football in the, in the, in the Championship or, or Division One, as it was then, it's harder to get up. But if you do get up, you're much better equipped mm-hmm. to play at Premier League level. So I think you saw even with, with, say, Wigan, that when they got up, they actually played quite good football and they, they settled very quickly into the Premier League. Whereas if you come up playing a, a more direct, a more sort of pragmatic style, I think the lack of quality then then gets exposed in the Premier League in a way it isn't what one one division down.
1: Yeah, the, I think there was a, a, a quite a damning statistic that that actually suggested otherwise because when Cardiff City went up under Warnock, it, that the people were saying that, that actually his pragmatic style may keep them up. And of course, Fulham—I know that was a slightly different case—they signed too many players in one thing and another. But I think nowadays that's that's probably the case. I think Ipswich had. A bit of steel, as well as that passing, and that more kind of kind of playing the ball on the deck attitude. Yeah, I
2: mean clearly there's a risk there, but if you look at the teams who've gone up and have done really well, so I'd even even class Sunderland in this, although that Sunderland team was based around Al Quinn, there was decent football to get the ball wide and, and, and then get it in the box. But then Ipswich, Swansea, Wigan, Wolves, they're all teams who, who you know could actually play. They weren't reliant on. You know, keeping it tight, keeping the shape, and 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 mm. going direct. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't think anybody's gone up and has maybe Stoke. I guess will be the counter example, and really sort of taking the Premier League by storm, playing football that isn't sort of quote unquote good football.
1: Yeah, well, it was certainly an amazing season for for Ipswich that following season and and of course Adam you know in, in terms of Ipswich town everybody lived happily ever after didn't they
3: <laughs> that is exactly what has happened and we've remained in the top five of British football ever since no I mean it was it was that, that that season was wonderful and it was just it was just so joyous just bouncing along um you know just 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 winning at home and and mm. um and as you say you know Made it up to fifth, which was kind of ridiculous, and and then qualified for Europe,
1: um, and, and, and did okay beating Inter the following season at home in the first leg.
3: Well, they that, that was <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was so. So that was there was there was the the the, the first round was against I think it was against Sparta um, Moscow, and um, I think we won both of them. And then the second round was against Helsingborg. Now I went mm. to the away leg of that because there was now a huge travelling. Um, contingency for Ipswich fans, and so we, we flew up to um, Stockholm and then drove down to Helsingborg and sat in in that stadium. And I can't remember the date, but it felt like it was October or November. And there was a it, again that was that was a Marcus Stewart match. There was there was snow on the ground. It's an, it's a small stadium, and there were about I don't know. It felt like several thousand. I expect it was probably more like a thousand Ipswich fans and um it's open air it's freezing you know it's absolutely freezing but the row in front of me who are hard hardcore fans as soon as the whistle blew to start the match they all took their tops off um, <laughs> so there was about 20 you know not not the most physically um attractive men in in the snow <laughs> standing there um and, and that was that was you know just to to watch Ipswich win in europe even though it's helsingborg and it's only second round of the uefa was was uh, was just glorious and then the next one as you say it was into at home um and alan armstrong um who was another sort of you know very typical ipswich player who who scored regularly enough and was was quite a hard man but he had this i think it, i think it was from a header and i think it was an amazing leaping salmon header and, into um, into the top corner against Inter at Portman Road, and you're just thinking this is absolutely ridiculous. When is this going to end? And of course, the answer to that was at the San Siro, where we got absolutely hammered, quite rightly so. But that was <laughs> that was fun.
1: Yeah. Well, Adam, yeah, and then we we'll got is... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will leave it there. We'll leave it there because Ipswich Town fans have have suffered enough of late. Let, let, yeah. let them uh, remember these uh, fond memories. But Adam, thank you very much for. <clears throat> dissecting uh, that one with it. it's been an absolute pleasure for more stories like that do check out the blizzard.co.uk um, but yeah Adam thank you very much for coming on the pod
3: my pleasure nice to relive uh, some happy memories
1: <laughs> uh, Jonathan a pleasure as always cheers um, thank we'll you. See you we'll see you next week everybody ta-ta
3: forward
0: by Morgan, not by Croft Naylor he stabbed it through Royce is on side Royce trivia show! George Burley. Nails bitten to the quick. But innovation now surely ashore. This was a Stakhanov production.